Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Manchester United nil, Liverpool five. That just feels good to say. It really does, especially because Manchester United goes first, being at Old Trafford. That's, uh, I mean, it's a historic win. But I, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not really surprised. I'm surprised how bad it was, but I'm not surprised we won walking away like it it i'm i'm surprised that solskjaer actually took the bait and and set his team up that way i mean it's just it's unbelievable that the way they've been playing this past i don't know six games he just took that same formation right into liverpool's hands and said here you go well right through our midfield Harry I'm, defenders, right? And put I'm actually, I'm actually going to disagree a bit because I actually think he did make a change, and it was absolutely the wrong change. Because if you looked at the Atalanta game, they were not pressing at all, and they turned around and said, "Okay, that's not going to work against Liverpool. We need to press." But here's the thing: if you haven't been doing that and you haven't been training that. Don't try to get your players to do it because they're going to do it badly like we saw today. There would be a press and you wouldn't just get past the press. You would actually create a chance off a terrible press. So I actually think they should have gone with their usual just sit back and give them time because the pressing yeah, they were doing today was hurtful. Like, right. and and I, I mean, they should have known that you know, the, the garbage game they brought to Atlanta, they weren't getting out of that hole when they brought it here. I've been saying for, well, ever since Soskar took over, I, I just don't understand what I'm watching whenever I, I watch Manchester United. I, I, I still, I don't know if they're crap, if they're bad players under a bad coach, good players under a bad coach, bad players under a good coach. I don't understand what I'm watching because their play is not really... It doesn't. It's not terrible. They clearly know what they're doing, but at, at, ultimately, there's no system. It seems. However, if if you just watch them in clips, it looks like there is a system. So they're they're obviously training for something, right? However, it just doesn't translate into the real game, and it must be bad coaching. But clearly, it's obvious for all of us to see from the outside looking in. I'm sure they must be seeing that too internally. No. So, I mean, you already know my opinion, which is, (laughs) well, not about this game. I'll I'll give you my opinion about this game. I'm a little upset that we won so heavily because I want to see Solskjaer stay as long as possible because he is a bad coach. Um, From all I've heard, all of the interviews with him and with the players, he talks a lot about giving players freedom. And I think what you're seeing and what you saw today is... Mm -hmm. He gives them freedom. So, you know, with with Klopp, he would rather destroy a player like Keita than let him play his game. With Solskjaer, he'd rather lose every game than tell a guy where to be. And now we're seeing him lose the games because these guys don't know where they are. I think the nice plays you see are brilliant players who, let's face it, I mean, their team has... I mean, world-class players, like, let's be honest, you know, they're, they're very, very good players. So yeah, they'll link up well periodically, 
but not over a 90 minute game and not over a full season. Yeah. And when they're on the ball, they, they look, at least to me, they look decent, right? And even when they're passing it sideways and they're not being incisive, it's, it's, it's not unbearable. I think the reason why their fans kind of get frustrated is because they know that nothing's going to come of it. However, when you're watching it in isolation, it, it doesn't look too bad. When they're sitting back and waiting to hit you on the counter, it's not too bad because obviously you have all the men behind the ball. But it's when they're not doing either of those two. It's as if they just haven't even bothered trying to to create a system for how do you how do you defend without sitting back? They have well, no clue. I mean, I would say even when they sit back, it's bad. Because, I mean, who doesn't know Salah's going to come down the side? And who doesn't know that you can't give Alexander-Arnold room? Like their wings should have been much further out and they just weren't. So, I mean, it's, it's even when they were back, they were exposed. It was, it was truly astounding. I guess the other one is, and this is the big question. So I know Solcher is a bad coach, but my real question today in this particular game is when, when they like the players were lazy, they did not get back to cover their man. You know, Bruno Fernandez was at fault for at least one goal. He just didn't even bother marking. Was that the coach saying, you know, stay in position so we can counterattack? Was that the player knowing he's supposed to come back but not? Or was that just nobody ever bothered even telling the player, you need to come back? That's my question. And and that's exactly my point. Um, I refuse to accept that they're not being told how to play in those situations, right? But that's what it looks like because that's it's a, it's a great point. You would assume that in that uh, situation, Bruno Fernandes would know what he's supposed to do or what he's being told to do, and he's not being lazy because he's not a lazy player. But I, I just refuse to accept that. I mean, if you and I, who have never coached in our lives, can see this, clearly they must be able to see this within the coaching staff at Manchester United. And, and let's be honest, Ole is the manager. He's not the coach, right? So they do have proper coaches around him. But I, I just don't understand what I'm watching when I see them. You know what the thing is? Here's what I'll say. I I have... I'm, I'm with you. Normally, I would say, of course, the player knows what he's doing. But it may just be lazy. Because the truth is, and, and I'll, I'll pick on him, you know, we'll come to his uh, uh, his play later. But... Pogba in general is a brilliant player who frankly looks like he just doesn't care like 80% of the time. When he plays for France, he's a completely different player. Um, So that is concerning to me because I think he cares in one case and doesn't care in the other. So whether or not he cares in one case and not the other, that I obviously I have no insight into, into his mind. However, I, I had been paying more attention to him when he plays for France because I, I wanted to just check that out for myself. And he does play the same way. It's just that, just like when he was at Juventus, he's surrounded by higher quality players that can kind of carry him playing in a lazy fashion, right? However, Manchester United, if he's lazy on the ball, playing casually, who's around him that will be able to pick up the slack with quality? Well- McTominay well, and Fred are, yeah, they're grafters, but they don't have the quality, right? Bruno is an attacker. So th- that's the problem with, with Pogba at Manchester United. 
So but he plays uh, with France, quite frankly. So I've I I've felt that he drifts less in games. So like I've literally seen him drift full games for Man U, and I feel like with France he's more engaged more often. But I mean I mean that's fine. But regardless, I look at a guy like Pogba and I say. You know, Man U is working and wants to keep him and is offering him contracts. A guy who frankly seems that disinterested and, you know, isn't getting back and all that, if he's your highest earner, which he was before, you know, uh, Ronaldo came, that sets the tone for the team. So maybe his, you know, lack of work ethic and, you know, lack of, of distance covered, apparently Man U is the has the least amount of distance covered in the league right now. Um, you know, I, I think that just sets the tone and maybe it's bringing other players down because to your point, Bruno Fernandez isn't a lazy guy, but I mean, he's looking and he's like, this guy's paid more than me and he's, you know, given more than me. So pff, why am I killing myself? Where at Liverpool, you see a guy like Hendo who busts a gut up and down the field every day while he's still yelling at you to run harder and, you know, leading by example goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, we, we could we could wax lyrically about how bad Man U is um, for a long time. But, but what I will say is, and we had these conversations last year, is the last season where they finished in second place, they got a lot of lucky breaks. They got a lot of deflection goals, a lot of late mistakes from other teams, I felt like their record was a bit of a smokescreen for just how bad they were. And I think what we're seeing now is how bad they are. Yeah, absolutely. And if we played this game last season and we were up 2-0, there's every possibility that they could have come back, right? Because our players weren't as sharp and as fresh as they are this season. And Or if they were playing another team and they were down 2-0, there's every possibility that they can come back. But when when you're playing a, a team like Manchester City, Liverpool, and I, I'm, I'm actually not going to put Chelsea there yet, but Manchester City and Liverpool, you cannot play the way they've been playing and expect to just pull it out of the hat again. But, I mean, again, they will win games just because of their talent. They can pull it out of the hat. Absolutely, right. And, and if that's what they want to resort to then yeah to your point long may continue i'm okay with them winning games here and there f- finishing third fourth even second w- forever i mean no problem at all i mean look and and the best one was uh, ronaldo's goal which was taken back by var that was purely an individual effort yeah exactly. that was not a, a team thing it was not a uh you know drilled by the coach thing it was nothing like that it was all you know we have massively talented guys who can produce a moment of magic much like Salah can do for us they've got a number of guys who can do that yeah the only the only concern that I have and we'll move on to Liverpool right after this but the only concern I have is they are set up very nicely for a proper manager to come in add a few pieces at the back and then they're good to go and also in the central midfield and they're good to go so I would actually have gone the other way. I think they have a lot of players who are so different that you can't have like the Liverpool mix in, like 
not mix and match, but the Liverpool plug a guy in and you play the exact same way. So, I mean, getting back to Liverpool, but comparing them to Man U, you know, remember last year when, when we were talking and Liverpool was losing and I was like, you know what, we need to abandon this uh, new mode that we have with the high line. We need to play heavy metal football again, um, all of that. And Klopp was just like, no, we, this is our system. This is how we play. And even if the players aren't the exact right ones for it, we're still going to play that way. I I feel like Man U and a new coach who comes in can't do that because their players um, are very different. They're very different, but they, they have a core that's very coachable, right? So up front, Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford, um, Fernandez, all very coachable, right? I'm not even going to include that's true. Cavani, and, Cavani and Ronaldo because I, I think they do need to get another striker, um, like a proper striker, younger striker. But the pieces they have around there, they're all young and, and impressionable and coachable. And then in the midfield, yeah, they have to get a, a proper holding midfielder, get rid of Pogba. And then at the back, they have to get a proper defender, not Harry Maguire. He's he's he's, he's okay, but he should not be your best defender. If, if wow. he's your best defender, then that's a problem. I mean, he looked bad last game, but how bad did he look today? So the game against Atlanta, he looked bad. But today he just I mean, wow, he was bad. I'm yeah. I'm I'm you know, where you're like he's he's a good defender, but he shouldn't be your best one. Today he didn't even look close to good. Because he was trying to be the captain, which he is for some reason. Right? <laughs> that one's true. Was, yeah, if he was playing next to Van Dyke, he'd know his role. He'd know, okay, Van Dyke is a man, I'm just here to pick up the pieces. And then he'd be okay with that, right? But when he he's expected to be the Van Dyke version uh, at Manchester United, that's a problem. Do you think maybe playing against Van Dyke today kind of played in his head? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because how can he how can he not be compared to Van Dyke, right? Right. You know, big big team, two big teams: Liverpool, Man U, go out to get the most expensive defender ever bought. You know, we got Van Dyke, then they went and paid a bit more for Maguire. So they both have the most expensive one at the time. It's it's inevitable you compare them. Maybe that played in his head today, but yeah, he just looked terrible. I and for for a club with so much um expendable money, they they can easily pull out a hundred k. Sorry, a hundred million, hundred k, a hundred million <laughs> for a player if if they if they chose. They're their recruiting and scouting is quite poor, right? Jane Sanchez is a great player, but if he, if you're not going to play him and you don't need him, why didn't you spend that money on, say, Calvin Phillips or a proper defender or a proper striker, right? I, I just don't understand that club. I like What I would say is I feel like when Liverpool recruits, they have a plan for you. They know what they're getting. They know what they're going to do with you. I think Jaden Sancho is a perfect example of they had no plan and they didn't know what they were going to do. And they, and, didn't, need him. And they didn't need him. Like wh- what does he bring to the team? And, and again, he's young, so they might need him in two, three years, but I'm sorry. Like you need to win now. You're, you're supposed to be a big, you know, a big team that can do well. So I, the, the the only thing that would make sense is they know that Ollie is just a stopgap, 
right? And he has improved them. He's kind of brought them. I mean, under Mourinho, they were going nowhere, right? Now, at least they are starting to pretend as if they're a big club again, at least, right? Um, so I wonder if they they accept that he's a stopgap for a couple seasons until maybe have a particular coach in mind who will become available. And then all these players that they're buying will still be relatively young and they hand it over to him. So maybe their directive to Ollie has been just, you know, make sure we're in the Champions League every season and then you'll you'll have a job for four years. I mean, I if if they told Ollie that and he took it, that's I mean, that's horrible. But what I, what I would say is, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they win something with Mourinho? They did. They won the Europa League and the they won another they won FA two. Cup? Yeah, either, yeah, either the FA Cup or the other one. Yeah. I I think maybe the FA Cup. So criticize Mourinho all you want, and boy does he deserve it. But are they better under Solskjaer? I mean, don't get me wrong. They were a train wreck by the end of Mourinho, but he at least won something in three years. True. And his issue was recruitment again. I don't know if he was the one picking the players or if they were just picking players for him, but they were just buying odd, odd players. That was my only concern there. And it, was, it wasn't until Ollie came in that they they were at least targeting decent players, even even if they didn't quite fit into the system. But at least like Fernandez, Sancho, these are all okay players. Even even Harry Maguire, he's he's an okay player, right? Prior to that, under Mourinho, they were buying some strange, strange um, players. Well, but you know what? Like in a way, I kind of feel, and maybe I'm crazy, but I kind of feel like the strange players are the way you want to go. Because like, let's really think about you know how Liverpool has recruited, um, you know Jota. That was the move nobody saw coming. Nobody was talking about it. He was on nobody's lips. It was nothing, nothing, nothing. Then you look at Fabinho. We were all in shock about that. You know, we we saw someone we knew we needed in that position, so we went and got him. But it wasn't, you know, That's like the, the like right. But then you look at what Manu does, and they're like Jaden Sancho's name's been everywhere in the news. Um, Bruno Fernandez' name's everywhere in the news. Maguire's everywhere in the news. Like they're basically going with guys that are getting press. Actually, that's true. And even Ronaldo, I think the only reason they went for him is because they didn't want him to go to Man City. Oh, he totally played them. He was not going yeah. to Man City. But but I kind of look at it and I feel like they recruit based on the number of clicks that a, a player has as opposed to, you know, how that player is or how they fit. Because, you know, and Sancho's a great example. Why would you get him? Right. You know, Varane too. What on earth was that about? And do you remember when Alexis Sanchez went there? Oh, yes, yes. Right. That was a prime example of what was that about, right? <laughs> How much money did they spend on that entire transaction? Sending him on loan, paying his fees while he was on loan, just because Manchester City wanted him. Yeah, like... Maguire, too, is because Manchester City wanted him. God, I wish they would have gotten him, eh? Because, yeah. you know, well, if Man- well they would have had the money to pay for someone else too anyway. Exactly. I was just about to say that. <laughs> they've they've spent over 400 million pounds on their back line in like five years. And I wouldn't trade any of them for ours. Nope. Except maybe Kyle Walker as a backup to Trent. 
Mm. As a backup to Trent, I said. I don't know. I You know what? We don't play him a lot, but I really like Neko Williams. I do. He... It's, it's, it's too bad because what he needs is a couple see He needs a season on loan to to kind of improve as a player in his in-game um, decision-making. However, we, we we still need a backup for Trent. So if we send him on loan, who's going to back him up? And it, it can't be Gomez. Well, <laughs> speaking of that, so as we get into the game, yes. so Milner, injury, most... Um, I mean, if I, if I had taken the time to think about it that was going to be the most obvious thing to happen this was his fifth game in a row in a liverpool jersey which he's never done before so really not surprised that he's injured um the Cada injury we're we're getting into this season now we're going to be at the point where we're going to have to move defenders to midfield and last year we moved midfielders to defense like <laughs> I, I, we don't have a lot left no, we really don't. Who's out? So Tiago's out, Keita's out, Milner's out, Elliot's out. Um, there's one more I'm forgetting, I think. Or is that it? That might be it. But so Matip, I don't know, was Matip injured? Is that why he didn't play? I think there was a slight injury concern or yeah, I think there was a slight injury concern. But I mean, pro- probably very minor. I, I kind of looked at it and I hoped that they were like, oh, he's not going to play because it's been too many games in a row and we don't want him to get injured. I think he's over that, right? So so I think last season they admitted that they played him while he was injured. You know, he never had time to properly heal. And in the in preseason, you could kind of tell he looked a little bit more muscular. And so I I, I, I think he's, he's over those niggles. But um, clearly the way Kanate played, they must have seen that he's ready to step in. So yeah, okay, why not give Matip a break? So I mean, big question here. Did Kanate just jump Gomez? Yes. Who? Yes. So first of all, Kanate is a man. Yes. Holy jeez, he's a big guy. <laughs> like, I don't think he's taller than Van Dyke, but he is definitely more imposing. He's, yeah. No, he's... um. Is he what twenty two? I think he's in around there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah, he, he. Yeah, <laughs> to ask you a question, yes, Gomez is is now officially fourth choice, and I think we'll be seeing him more at right back if anything else. Well, I mean, we might see him at right back if we lose another midfielder and Trent needs to go into the midfield. Yeah. Or I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Gomez in midfield. I, I'd be curious to see what that looks like. In fact, I, I almost hope Klopp, because we play Preston next in the um, League Cup on Wednesday. I wouldn't mind seeing what he looks like at in, in the midfield as a holding midfielder. I'm that about would Gomez be interesting. Mm-hmm. Because with his speed... He would he would be able to be up and recover quickly, right? And he yeah. does have reasonable footwork, and really, it, the way we play, that's all you kind of not that that's all you kind of need, but that's the main the main focus. Either that, or even seeing him in the genie role would be interesting. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the genie role because I actually thought that when Curtis Jones came in, he 
he almost took over the genie role in some ways because I noticed a few times when we were going up, he really just slowed it down. Right. Slowed it down, held the ball, turned it around, passed it back. Instead of letting the break continue, he definitely took that role that genie had which is hold the ball up let's keep possession so i noticed that um i feel bad for him he's such a good player and he's only coming on when other guys are getting injured he'll have his opportunity clearly this season and and he was injured too right otherwise he probably would have started one of the games one of the last games yeah I, i assume klopp would have wanted to bring him on at 30 minutes today not uh, or sorry, at 60 minutes, not at 30 minutes, but I mean, with, with Milner's injury. Um, okay. So let's, let's go through the goals. That first goal. Uh, which one was the first one again? <laughs> the, Kata. uh, the Kata goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> we've already spent time talking about Man- Man- Manchester United. So let's talk about it from a Liverpool perspective. Cause I was just terrible defending, ridiculous defending. But, um, the first thing that struck me was, and again, not to harp on Genie, but, that that's that's an example of what it looks like to help your attacking your attackers as a midfielder right the fact that he was in that position to to, to finish that off and to just uh, roll it into the net is probably something that we wouldn't have seen from genie probably under Klopp's instructions so it was nice for him to be in that situation uh, his second goal in a row third goal this season um and he went and- for another one eh Another long yes, ball off a yes, corner. I right. Ooh, I was really hoping for that. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of those are goals that he scored regularly for Leipzig. So he's obviously we. I think we all you know kind of forgot that that that's something that he's very good at the the volley. Um, yeah, the volley, uh, the looping volley. Well, I mean, I so what I will say about him is beautiful goal, fantastic finish. Um, but I actually thought he wasn't the best going back today. Uh, I thought he was he was not good at all against um, Atletico Madrid. He was exposed for sure. And today I didn't think he looked great either coming back. Even though you know it's not like Man U did a lot of attacking, but I'm I'm a bit concerned about him defensively. But going forward, wow, does he add a new dimension to our team? Yeah, it's it's it's. He kind of it's kind of like Shaq, right? There's a way that you can build a team around him and he'll excel, but you you wonder where he fits into our system on a regular basis. Yeah, like he he fits in your system when you're playing a team that's going to sit back and soak up the pressure right. and and you need a moment of brilliance. Yeah, exactly. Um or when a lot of other guys are injured and you have to play him like today. But Sorry, man. I got to be honest here. That's that's what it was. Let's be honest. But I on on a regular basis, you know, I I just is uh, again what I would say is I am so excited for Jones because he's he's watching Kata play. He's watching um, Tiago play. He's learning how to go forward. Like wow. And then at the same time, he's watching Fabinho play. He's he watched Genie play. He is he is going to be just an, a complete stud of a player. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. He's he's um, he has. I, I think he has the highest ceiling of all our younger players, mostly because of his physique. Um, 
Harvey yeah, Elliott has, is, is more skillful. However, yeah, Jones, he's, a, he's smaller. Yeah. El- Elliot is. Yeah. Yeah. Where Elliot, like I could see Jones in like seven positions on the field. Mm-hmm. I think Elliot's good for two or three, maybe. Right. Um, I mean, so that was, that was a fabulous goal. Uh, the second one, oh, even on, um, I, I wanted to add that there's probably no one else on the field that I'd wanted that position with a one-on-one on, on, on the goalie. Mane would have fluffed that. So I got to be honest, and this is me being mean, I guess. I'm just thinking back to last year and thinking, yeah, we would have found a way to not score that. Yeah, exactly. Firmino would have put it away too, but he's never in that position. <laughs> so you know what? I mean, he got his hat trick. And I, I'll be honest, that hat trick, I know Firmino got the game ball. I would have given it to... Uh, I would have given it to Jota because Firmino is actually in front of the net and it's all because of Jota because he's like, oh, right. I can play up front. I I think he's been coming deep so long that he'd forgotten what it was to be a number nine. And he did that in this game too. He he was playing really, really deep. Um, But going on to Jota, he scored the second goal. What do you think? He did. Uh, I mean, just beautiful again, set up by Keita. Yes. Right. The pass from Keita to Alexander Arnold. So he's, you know, he, he sees it well. The other thing that I really like about Keita on his passes is, and I think this is very underrated is he doesn't pass it too early or too late. Right. He waits. He, he knows that you make the defender commit. And a commit doesn't need to be a huge thing. It's just you make him take a quick break from his run so that he comes towards you. And all of a sudden you've opened up a player. And so that's what he did to Alexander Arnold. He really gave him the room by holding it just that extra second longer. And although it would have been fun to see uh, if Milner had scored, if Jota wasn't there, Milner would have gotten it. It would have been hard to miss, though. And Milner's hot. Didn't he score last game? Did he? Oh, well, no, I think they gave it to Salah. Oh, that's right. They gave it to Salah. Okay, so so then he's not hot. They gave hot. it to he's... Milner for about 10 minutes, and then they gave right. it back to Salah. So I, I take it back. Milner's not hot. He's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so he would have scored. I don't know. You're right. He probably would have missed it. But, but that's the... your point about him. Right now, he, he's 35, so he's house money. If you can oh, play yeah. for, for four, five, six games in a row, just do it, and then he'll get injured, and then you give him a break. Then, right? So, I, I'm I have no problems whatsoever with the fact that he this was his um, fifth start in a row. So yeah. I'm okay with that until Kata got injured. Because yeah. now, now you're talking Ox is going to get time. Yeah, but who else would you have played today? Jones was coming off an injury too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, we didn't we really didn't have much. Our yeah. bench our bench was very shallow. That's mm. that's one good thing about us that we don't carry a lot of players. It's not like, you know, Man the uh, Man City or or Man U who've got like 20 guys. Yeah, Chelsea. We just don't and Chelsea, yeah, we just don't. Our our bench is not very deep. Like realistically on our bench, we had for midfield Origi, Minamino are up front. 
Mon is up front. So we had three forwards, three defenders, and we had Ox and Jones. So you're right. There was nobody to play but Milner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a bit of a, in a bit of a bind there. Um, so that was the second goal. Third goal. It was, uh, um, Salah getting, uh, oh yeah. The third goal was, uh, the, the one that's was, just be, was it, was it from Trent? Yeah. The third goal was the one that came off of the, like the run across, and then Salah took the shot and got the deflection. Remember where he made the little flick to Firmino? Firmino went to Jota, Jota back to Salah. Salah took the shot, it bounced over to Alexander Arnold, or sorry, over to Keita. Yes, and then, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. You know, the one thing I didn't hear any commentators talking about was, okay, we got lucky on the the shot, which is fine. But when you look at the player reactions when that ball ricochets, Salah is hungry for the ball and yes. the men you defenders were not. Right. I know. And, and it wasn't even that they were thinking or looking where it was. They were just like, okay. And because the truth is, it was an easy goal, sure. And it was a good pass from Keita and all that. But there were two or three guys who should have beaten Salah down there. And they just didn't move. It's it's it, it's mind-blowing. They basically started running when they saw Salah go by them. And at that point, why bother running? You've already lost the race. So, yeah. I mean, good on Salah for being hungry. Keita, great pass. But just, wow, no desire to get to the ball. Yeah, and on Salah, I... We we do have to give him credit because we have been pretty harsh on him for the past couple of seasons. Um, I have been um, killing him. Yeah, something has has switched this this season or these last five six games where he really is looking hungry and potent and not overthinking. Like the fact that he took that on his right foot, right? Where in previous seasons he would have just found a way to wait until went onto his left and then taken a shot. Right. He he's he's just like in no nonsense mode right now. Yeah, his his confidence is up. He believes yeah. he can score with either foot. And to your point, he's not overthinking it. Right. And it's it's made a huge difference. And and yeah, I've been crushing him for being unable to finish. But I think this was his tenth game in a row that he scored. Yes. And he's now got fifteen goals out of twelve games in the in the EPL this year. So you know, Plus what more can you say? Five or six assists. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. His goals are not coming at the expense of being greedy. Right. It, it, yeah, he's he's just all around. Yeah, he's he seems... They, the front line seems to have rediscovered it. You the, know? The only annoying thing right now is... So we're, we're entering into November, right? So we have less than two more months. Well, we have about two more months of this, and then he has to go away for about a month. That's annoying. You know, this is not the season for him to go anywhere. He needs to continue like this until the end of the season because he's on, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's on, on track to have a standout season and to win us this title single-handedly. Well, so two things. One is, or three things. One is he leaves, we lose his production. That's a problem. I don't like it. Two is 
I am genuinely concerned when he goes away, will he come back in the same form? Exactly. But three is for him. If I were Salah right now, uh, and I know this is crazy and, and what do I know and I don't love my country or something, but he has a chance to put up numbers that may never be matched. Like he's going to lose what three games? That I, I don't know. If I were him, I'm hearing, I, I'm hearing now it's up maybe up to six, which or eight. So it's lo, it's lo, it's a little bit confusing right now as to how many that they'll actually miss. Money. Oh right, because if he leaves for like early training or something. Yeah, so they have to leave right after Boxing Day and don't come back potentially until February. Yeah, if he goes all the way, like, but think about it. Say he misses even five games. That could be like five goals. And if at the end of the season, he's looking at 30 goals or something. Right. Or 35, he could set a record at like, you know, that that's that's going to stand forever and he's not going to get it just because he leaves. Yeah. So is there I, a chance of him not, not going, number one, because... I know he loves his country, and number two, he loves the he loves the fat the Egyptian fans, and he he would not want to let them down. So I I totally agree with that. It's just I mean to your point, it just it really sucks that this is the season that he's you know playing like this, and he's going to have to leave. Right. It it really does suck. Um, but I mean, his his second goal was the one right before the half. Um, mm, quality, just quality what finish. a what a quality clinical finish! I'm 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 surprised. Until I saw the second angle and how tight, like, <laughs> yeah, that was just that was just um, a thing of beauty. One touch right into the post, slotting it right there, without even thinking. Again, he's not overthinking. Yeah, that that one was a goal scorer's goal because De Gea played it well and De Gea was close. Yeah. But so, I mean, Salah didn't blast it, so he got in the right spot, but he didn't pass it into the corner. He shot it. Right. And and that's the only thing that would have gotten by and and wow. Was it so, yeah, so, one nil or nil nil where Salah missed that, that one-on-one with De Gea where he hit it right into his chest instead of in between his legs? Oh, I think it was one at least. One, okay. Definitely, that's, we had a goal. It might have been one nil or two okay. nil, but that's the type of miss that we were getting from him a nil nil for the past year. Yeah, agreed. But I mean, so I just looked it up right now. Salah actually holds the most goals in an EPL season with thirty-two back in twenty seventeen eighteen. He's tied, right? No, Suarez and Ronaldo and Shear are tied for second with 31. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. But here's the thing. He's at 15 goals through 12 games. Uh, no, he only has 10. You're talking about EPL. Oh, I'm talking about EPL. Maybe it's less. You're yeah, right. He only has 10 in EPL, but still. So how many have they played? Nine or 10? I think they've played nine, nine games. They've played, yeah, nine. That's how, that's less than a quarter way through. That's less than a quarter of the way through. So at this rate, yeah, he he could be he he's well on track to beat that. 
plus at how clinical he is. I mean, I can see him scoring hat tricks against a lot of teams, right? Starting with Brighton on Saturday. Yeah, like it it would only take one or two big games to put that 32 goals at Jeopardy. Yeah. Right. So anyway, it's it's too bad we're losing him. Um, I mean, let's get to to the second half. It was clear in the second half that we kind of started shutting it down. We were not really going hard. It was clear well, that we it was it was after the injury. I think after the fifth goal, they wanted to continue going. But once um Keita got injured and we made the change, I think it was clear that they're just gonna play it out. Well, let me ask you before we get to that injury, what did you think of uh, Ronaldo on uh Jones? On Jones. Th- that's a red. That's so you know what? I, I saw that he kicked understand. the ball. I it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah, I was surprised by the commentators that they were like, Oh no, he kicked the ball, it's okay. No, I, I knew he kicked the ball, but you can't do that. You can't just kick the guy is on the floor, the referee is blown, and you kick the ball right into his guts. You can't do like, that. Right? Like the whistle. So first of all, you kick the ball after the whistle is an automatic yellow. Right. You kick the ball after the whistle, literally hitting a guy is an automatic red. Yeah. And right. with intent. You could see he, it was just anger. Right? Like, like, say, for example, the ref had blown the whistle and Jota's walking away and Ronaldo blasts the ball right off, or sorry, Jones is walking away and Ronaldo blasts the ball right at him. Right. That's an automatic red. Yeah. So why is it not an automatic red when exactly. it's the ball's right there? That's one. Two, if you're going to, if you're going to say, no, it's not fine. The first tackle that took him down was a yellow. Kicking the ball was another yellow. Take right. your pick how you want it. That's a red. I right, like. Yeah. I'm. I'm. And, and I'm. He, he knew that too. You could tell when he was yeah, walking away. He 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 knew that he was he was off. He was already he already knew that he was getting a red. Oh yeah, he's like I'm done here. Like I don't want to yeah. be part of this. So, so hmm. I mean that was surprising. Then the the. I guess I, I would say it's probably one of those things where it's the quote-unquote rules of the game, right? So even if we all agree it should be a red, I think maybe according to the rules, the fact that he hit the ball, regardless of if there was intent or not, it's a yellow. So anyway, but we can move on to your next point. So the next one was the Pogba foul. I mean, was he... So <laughs> I know 100% Cristiano Ronaldo's intent was there. Yes. Do you think Pogba was going for the foot for the shin? No, no, he was trying to tackle. Yeah, he I was, mean, he horrible was, tackle. Yeah, he was trying to because he came on as a sub. He was probably given clear instructions to be a bit aggressive, and you know, and he was, and that's not his game. Like we we discussed at the start of the podcast, that's not his game to be aggressive and to be sliding around like that. His is just to mosey around and then pick out nice passes here and there, take some really cool shots. So, yeah, there was no attempt there. But again, according to the rules of the game, you, you can't tackle like that. You you totally summed up Pogba and his whole career <laughs> in like a brief statement. Mosey around and take some cool shots. <laughs> Pretty much, right? That's, I, and what I, all I would add is you're missing the, the spectacular passes and you're yes. there. Right. 
Cause he, he does make some, some really fabulous passes, like cross field passes down the field passes, but you're right. That is literally the definition of Pogba. Very, very nice. I like that. Um, I don't know on, on Keda, all I would say is at least he had his foot in the air. If yeah. his foot had been down on the ground, we're probably talking ligament damage. Absolutely. In the I air, think- I'm hoping not. Yeah, if it was anyone else, like if that were, well, actually not anyone else. Yeah, if that were Genie, then you'd say he'll be fine in a couple games. Because it looks oh, like yeah. just his, his shin and he just needs to rest it off. But you never know with Keita. It's true. So um, hopefully he's okay. But that was that was one where I can see, like the reaction from Pogba was not good. Like he knew he'd 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 hurt him but it was not the reaction of Ronaldo who was like ready to walk no. off yeah the Ronaldo was yeah the, the fact that that was not a red or even questioned to be a red even after seeing that he he got the ball confused me I mean yeah you, you, you can't kick a guy in the guts with that force after the whistle even if you're hitting the ball I mean what's your intent what are you trying to do by doing that right yeah although so so uh what I what we can talk about, which I haven't heard many people talk about because there's so much other stuff in the game that everybody's talked about. But to me, this is more fun is the reaction after the, uh, after the plays. So after the, after uh, Jones took the kick from Ronaldo. Oh yes. (laughs) So first of all, kudos to Jones. He got right back up. He didn't lie on the ground and roll around. Yeah. I love the fact that our players just made Ronaldo look like a, riffraff player like you know nobody cared that this is supposed to be one of the greatest players of all time with with Lionel Messi one of the top two players in the past 10-15 years they just treated him like you don't do that to us I don't care who you are Van Dyke gave him the chest bump oh Van Van Dyke gave him a a legitimate chest bump right like like not like just going up to him like like what's his name Uh, Robertson went up finger right in the face yeah. And then Van Dyke, like, boom, chest bump. And then Kanate just, like, coming in and holding off Fernandez, who was trying to get in there. Just beautiful. Yeah, that was great. And that's one thing I think Ronaldo knows. He, he's, he, he isn't at Madrid, where he has a bunch of thugs, you know, having his back. The, the Manchester United players, they were already defeated by that point. It was Except for Fernandez, you know, there wasn't really any... Um, there was no fight left and and they didn't you know like like Real Madrid if you embarrass them like this they would they would want to injure you Mm -hmm. they they were they were looking to you know they they were jerks I mean look at what happened to Salah when we played them right like that was not an accident agreed so it's but but yeah I mean Ronaldo I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I really enjoyed the fact that they, they made him look like a punk. But it's interesting they didn't do the same to Pogba. No. Yeah, I think they knew that that's one of those tackles that happens all the time on the field, and unfortunately, you know, he got caught, but there was no intent. Which, which to me, I gotta say, and not that Pogba didn't deserve the red. That's a red card. Your your foot is high. You made a mistake. You have to go off. But 
just looking at the player reactions should tell you which one's a red and which one's a yellow. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, again, Liverpool were up in arms. They were talking, they were everything, they were upset, but no one went up to Pogba and chested him and yelled at him and all of that. So I'm sorry, how Ronaldo didn't get the red for that is just beyond me. Um, but we can talk bef- uh, about the fifth goal. Um, Salah finished it off nicely, but man, what a pass from Hendo. Yeah, I I mean, he, he fooled me. I, I was wondering why you're not passing to Jota. And yeah, I the fact that he tr- even tried that pass, I'm, I'm even wondering, is that exactly what he was trying to do? Um, oh, it looked like it because he used the outside of his foot. Yeah, and he must have known that Maguire is a slow turner as well, right? So just everything about the the, the pass was calculated. Because if, I mean, if, he, if that were another defender, then he would have been able to intercept it. or position Yeah, it, the, there was a lot of thinking goal. there. Because mm-hmm. he, he hit it. Well, I guess the other thing, and again, I, I don't want to criticize De Gea because, I mean... Today wasn't De Gea's fault, but one thing about De Gea that I assume they talk about in the pre-match um, is he does not come out. That ball, Allison would have been on. For sure. And De Gea always just stays in his net. Yeah. So, you know, knowing that De Gea stays in his net, knowing that Maguire can't run or turn, you know, that's that's just a brilliant pass. Now, was he thinking all those things? I guess I'd like to think he was. He seems like quite a cerebral player. So maybe he really was calculating that in his head. But I mean, just it's it's possible that it's, it's a play that they've um, created in training as well. Yeah, because Salah and Jota took off Mm -hmm. with purpose and, and uh, Hendo knew they were going. Like, it's clear he wasn't like, oh, they're going, let me pass. He looked up to see where are they. So I I take your point. I bet you it was a a training play that they know, like, when you steal the ball at the midfield, make the long pass. Right. And then make it with with the outside of your foot. But I wonder if the score was closer, he probably would have taken the safe pass to to Jota. Right? Because that ball doesn't come off. And say the game is tied or we be or behind, then yeah, you you have to pass it to Jota because that's the he he would have still had a good opportunity to shoot or to pass it back to Salah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, it was it was all in all amazing game, a lot of fun. Um, Mane coming on honestly was kind of funny because we had clearly shut it down, but Mane still wanted a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the end, it was clear Jones wanted a goal too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, honestly, it was, it was, it's good to see that. But it was also pretty funny. Like, it, well, I mean, funny for us, sad for United, where our players knew these guys are here to get taken. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's all just run up the score. So, um, overall, I mean, did we learn anything from this game for Liverpool? Um, did we, that learn, one's we tough. Learned, yeah, we learned that 
Actually, no, we didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't learn anything, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, nobody in the midfield surprised me. Nobody up front surprised me. Yeah, we learned that Konate is ready, I'd say. That's, that was actually going to be the only thing I learned. So um, he definitely... So I actually think this game was like super amazing, fantastic for him in like so many ways. I mean, beyond the fact that he got to play a full 90 minutes, which is great. He got to play it with Van Dyke, which is great. He got to be part of that Cristiano Ronaldo mess, which is also good for learning. Um, I actually like the fact that Ronaldo beat him because he screwed up his footwork on the, on the goal that got called back. I think you didn't get punished because VAR saved you, but you definitely realized that, you know, you need to be more spot on in certain cases. Right. And and that'll be a good lesson. The other thing for me was when, uh, I mean, more towards the end of the game, I mean, the game had already been decided, but there was one moment where uh, he was going um, against Dalot, Diago Dalot, however you pronounce his name. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it was, it looked like it was going to be a race. And then he had like that Van Dyke moment where he's like, you can't, you can't keep up with me. And he just lengthened his stride and it, it was no longer a contest. Yeah. He looks like, like Konate looks like he's legitimately got speed. Oh yeah. Especially over. I mean, I haven't seen him in a you know have to run for long distance and chase chase back. However, because of his long strides, he's able to just quickly recover and 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 reposition himself. So he clearly has that. Um, in in the opening few minutes, it was also a, a good learning experience where he came and and slid for the ball, and I, I don't know if he missed it or it bounced over him, but you know suddenly Manchester United had an opportunity. Yeah, it bounced off him, but not in control. So he basically overcommitted. And he did that actually a few times. He did that in a the few game. Times. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, fantastic that we didn't give up any goals. Fantastic he was part of such a fun game. And great that he made mistakes that weren't punished. Yeah, and the other thing too is I hope that he gets the game on Wednesday as well. So that way he can have two consecutive games back to back. But I mean, it's got to be with Gomez. You cannot play Van Dyke again. He of needs course. a break. Yeah, yeah. There's no need as well against Preston. God, poor Gomez. He's down to fourth on the list. I mean, he shouldn't be surprised. We we've talked about this. He he needs to decide, or his his advisors and the coaches, they all need to just sit down and decide what he what is he what his career looks like exactly. Yeah. Is he, he a central defender? Yeah, is he a central defender? Is he a right back? Is he a midfielder? What is he? Yeah, agreed. It's it's. I feel bad for him, but God, who would have thought? I mean, what was it two years ago? Who would have thought he'd be fourth on the bench just ahead of Phillips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, overall, again, do we even need to talk about man of the match? Obviously, it's Salah. Yeah. Only because of his hat trick. Otherwise, I, th- I think no one player really stood out. No, I I would agree. There was uh, 
I don't know. Maybe the man of the match for Liverpool was uh, Maguire. <laughs> I mean, he was he was the most Ollie or Maguire were the most directly responsible for this win. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that makes the man of the match. But yeah, no. I mean, the three goals for Salah, fantastic. But you're right. It was a, it was a team effort, and and that's the best part. Nobody really needed to shine that much. No. And that's usually when we're at our best. Yeah. So, I mean, great game, great feelings all around, except for, uh, for Keda. If he, uh, if he's maybe, you know, a game or two, then that's fine. Hopefully it's not longer, but, uh, this one's, this one's going to go down. Uh, this one's going to stay in the memory for a while. So, uh, anyway, I guess we need to not, uh, you know, Man, you is to shake it off. We get to uh, reminisce later, but we need to focus, I guess, on Preston and then uh, next weekend again. Hopefully we can, uh, uh, we can keep our winning ways and keep making it look easy. For more stories, analysis and articles, go to the forensicop.com website.